0: Thank you for your purchase of this Let's Talk Adoption radio program. A portion of your donation has helped fund adoption programs and scholarships for birth mothers, special needs adoptions, and adoptive parents. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. For a transcript of this audio product or for a complete list of audio products, please visit letstalkadoption.com or call toll-free 1-877-423-6785.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption, and I'm already called while I'm with you, and I'm so excited we've got a great show planned for you, and I want to mention to our U.S. listeners that I would like to take this opportunity to remind you how important is your vote is to the quality of our life, and uh, we are a country where we have the right to vote, and our forefathers worked hard to pave that way for our right, so it's important to remember that children learn from our parents and grandparents and others they are around, and so there's no better way to teach your children's day about the American political system and voting gives them that firsthand look. So I'm taking my children today, after they get out of school, to vote with me, and I encourage you to do the same thing. So take your children today to the polls to vote. It's a great opportunity to teach them about the importance of our freedom to vote. And uh, your vote does matter. So remember to vote, vote with your heart, your values, and the best leader for our country and for our children. Your vote does count. Thank you so much for voting today. And I want to also mention that we have... Um, a our mailbag mail at the end of our show, so if you have any questions about adoption or the adoption process that you'd like to share or like to have answered, um, please email them through our website, letstalkadoption.com. Remember, November is Adoption Awareness Month, so we'll be doing things through November to help you, and if there's any questions you have or information you need for your community, please let us know. We'll be happy to send you some material on that, too. Today, our guest is Kay Kopik, and Kay is an um, adoptive mother. She's a business owner, a columnist. And um, she has also adopted uh, with her husband when Kay was in her 50s. And uh, she is going to share with us today what older adoption is like, the pros and the cons, the good, the ugly, and the, the pros about it, and, um, and where she came from. So this is very important. I've received lots of emails in the last two weeks um, regarding the show, this topic, on both sides of it. And so I think we have a very lively discussion. And I want to welcome um, Kay to the show. Welcome, Kay. Thank you. Listen, okay. I like get right in. We have lots of questions for you today. Let's give a little background about what inspired you and your husband to adopt at, at your age.
2: Well, I married a man much younger than myself, Marty. My husband is 19 years younger than I am. And it is it is very unusual. I'm actually older than his mother, mm-hmm. but we fell in love and we uh, we just wanted to be together. And at that time when we married, I was 45, and I had always wanted children. But my previous marriage had been uh, to a man who was alcoholic who actually died from alcoholism. So I had chosen not to have children with him. It was was very uh, deliberate. And when I met Brian, my present husband, and my love of my life, I, I was pretty old. I was 45, and we did try to conceive, but it wasn't in the cards for us. It wasn't. And so he had a talk with himself. He told me this. He said, I really would rather marry someone I love than to wait for someone to bear my children. Uh So he kind of had accepted it. He came to a a point of acceptance. I was sad about it because I thought, now I finally have met a healthy man. I have a wonderful life, and I'm 45, and he at the time was 26. And, you know, I really wanted to adopt. But it was... um, he was happy do, with us as a family, the mm-hmm. two of us. Mm-hmm. So I talked him into it. It took many years. He had always wanted children too, Marty. It's not that. It's just that he felt he thought, well, how can you do it at your age? Those were questions he had. And I said, I'm a youthful person, and I I want to be a mother. So it, when I was 50, about 50, my dear aunt passed away, and I think that had we'd we'd already been married for about eight years at this point, and I said. I want a family. And he said, okay, Kate, okay, look, I've listened to you, and I've watched you, and any woman in her 50s who wants a child that much, I will support you and back you all the way. But you have to do all the research. And then you get you get all the facts, and then I'll support you. you know, it happens so. in
1: so many marriages. I mean, normally one parent does the, all the, the research, too. But you had a very strong marriage at that point. Yes, You we had a lot of communication. Yes, yes we no. did. And yeah. so I think that makes a big difference, too. So tell me what happened then at that point.
2: So I started, and I went. You know, I dug. But remember, this was about 90, 92. Mm So there there really was hardly anything on the internet. I mean, I never had even heard of it, as Mm -hmm. far as I mean, as far as adopting on the internet. So I just started. I I went to the library. I would call. I I would talk to psychologists. I I just did anything I could to find out about adoption and where to go, how do you know. So I started taking classes is what I did. I signed up with different organizations, and mm-hmm. he would accompany me. When I say do the research,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, he meant start it, get
1: it going. And you, and took, and you and so he went to classes with you and parenting yes. classes and that type of thing too? Yes. And, yes. and how you when, you when you were in the classes, were you the youngest, the oldest, the middle? I or? was
2: definitely the oldest. Now, one thing, if you were to see me, no, I happen to look young for my age. It, Did you I, I, I'm fortunate, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I've, people aren't really aware of our age difference, and I know that because I've been told many, many times by friends. But I knew I was the oldest because there were about 20 couples in the first class, and I would say the average age was about early, late, late 30s, middle, middle 30s to. The middle 40s and I was already 50, at that time about 50 50 uh-huh. ish fifty one or two or something like that that was my first question to the counselor there were two psychologists and i I just blurted it out you know uh-huh. I, I said what about my age and she said I want to tell you I have facilitated in about fifteen hundred adoptions we have never had a person never who once who has the desire to have a, a loving family, a child, who doesn't end up with a child. The two the picks their parents. They come I agree. to you. I, they, I
1: agree that if you have a really desire, and you have good health to go along with it, which you did have. Yes. Um, and that's a big part, too. Did you? So how if we mean a parents, adopted parents, uh, or adopted professionals, did you find some uh,
2: discrimination against your age
1: with them? Because that does happen.
2: Um, I didn't personally at all. With, with the counselors and with the facilitators and attorney, you know, the, all the, the help. No, I never did. I did find it, that I did have discrimination with friends of friends, acquaintances, you know, and that was hard. That was really hard. I mean, my closest friends that go back to high school, women friends, were, they were afraid for me. They knew how much I wanted this, and they they looked out into the world. They had never adopted, it, and they just thought, "This is not going to work." I mean, how can you handle a baby at your age? And not only that, who's going to pick you? Who who would want, who would want an older mother? And but I'm a, I just knew I had the spirit. I mean, I've always been that kind of person. I I have the energy to do anything that. I want to do that's healthy and, and balanced, and I, I just knew I could. yeah I, but it, go ahead. The, people didn't the, the response was from acquaintances, well i have never they, these were these were families who had children, biological children who they just you know, don't
1: understand it all. and you know, I got the same discrimination when I wanted to adopt and because I was older, and my husband and myself are ten years apart, and they always think I'm older because he looks younger. And so it's quite interesting because you get reverse type of uh, discrimination. But a lot of people, um, I, I found that we have helped other older families uh, and men even um, and women older than you adopt and successfully. And if they have the health and they have the desire, but, you know, desire is like anything else. It's 90% of it there. Yeah, and so. you really want to do it and you've got health. And, and again, the, the emails are been flooding in from people of all different ages. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to answer some in our, our, our mailbag today. Um, but I think that that was a big part because people don't know you. They didn't know who you were. Right. And, and didn't know what you could offer. And I think when you when people have biological children, sometimes they don't understand what we go through when we go through infertility or are unable to conceive children um, biologically.
2: Marty, I looked around at the faces in, in the first group that I was in. This is what I'll never forget. I ha- I've never seen such sadness and grief these people had suffered so much, you know, with infertility, and I must say, I didn't suffer as much, and the reason I didn't, not to say that I didn't, it it definitely was there, but because I was older, because I had chosen to go through my childbearing years not producing a child with my ex-husband, it was more of an, it was a different kind of a grief. It was more like, oh, isn't this too bad, I'm past the childbearing years, Mm -hmm. rather than that feeling you have when you're able to produce, you know, when you're... And I saw such sadness, and working and talking over the weeks, you know, the classes, and to see the joy when these people eventually... Um, we're able to adopt. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's a,
1: huge, it's a huge difference. And I know that I have friends, too, that have waited. They are um, they're in, in, um, in the media. And um, I've got some friends, friends I'm thinking about right now that, that have waited. They've waited longer. And what happened was they finally found their soulmate, you know, later in life. Mm-hmm. They got married and then realized, oh, my gosh, my time is ticking right now. And they scramble to do whatever they can. It's so stressful in the marriage to mm-hmm. them and to the body. And I know that personally, how stressful infertility can be when you get older, too. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is that's kind of a different type of grief you're talking about. Yes. Is that people grieve because it's like, oh, I wish I could have met this person earlier. Yes. Or I wish I could have done this. And it's all that I wish, I wish looking back instead of looking forward and saying, this is where I am today. Mm -hmm. This is what I have to work with. Mm -hmm. And what is important, to have a biological child or to be a parent?
2: That's exactly what happened to me and Brian. We came to that place. And once we came to that place and made that decision, it all changed. Would help you forward.
1: What, what helped you overcome those doubts and, and that, that fear? Talking to others, going to classes, reading books? I think
2: what helped more than anything, it was the adoption counselor that I went to, just like you facilitate with, you know, help people. She is a master at it, in my opinion, and she got us busy. She made us. It was like getting a Ph.D. in open adoption She gave us assignments, we had to read books, we had to watch movies, we had to prepare uh, a scrapbook for the future mother. We we were able to visualize, spend our our days just like you'd be pregnant. And only, I mean, that's not exactly, but it was, she she said, you can't just all of a sudden, you know, be putting out dear birth mother letters and not learning and not experiencing this, and all of a sudden, you don't know where this child is going to come from, all of a sudden. If you haven't done this work, you won't be ready at all, even though you're, you, know, you think you're ready because you've waited, you know, you it's the desire is so great. Mm-hmm. So that's what helped me is keeping busy. Oh, I, I, I didn't even do much work in, in my career during that. Well, well I, we actually were at it. We actually worked on this for about three and a half years. But I, what, what turned me around was that last year and a half when I met her. And we were really curious about it. Yeah. Yes, we were really. We, she was guiding us how to, and the internet wasn't available. We sent four thousand dear birth mother letters. We went through one of those gynecological books, you know, that that right. has every doctor and every nurse and every pregnancy crisis center. And yes, it took. And she said, "Now go with your feelings." And I looked down, and I, you know, they were just some of these names would just speak to me. You know, like yeah. send it to me, send it to me. And I, I visualized that that our child was going to come from one of those letters. And I think
1: that's a big part, too. Kay, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, Kay will share more about her adoption experience as an older mom. Back right after this message. The of
3: the wind blowing.
4: Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com.
1: Well, welcome back. Again, um, we are speaking today with uh, Kay Kopic about her adoption experience when she was over 40, and um, very interesting, and a lot of information for people, because we do have majority of adoptive families that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, and so I think it's really important. We have older um, birth parents also in their 20s and 30s, not as many teenagers, so I think uh, we're seeing a trend, a change in adoption, and more people um, waiting later in life to have children, or going through infertility and then facing, um, you know, uh, either childless uh, life or adoption a little bit later in their life. So it's a real concern and a real area that we need to learn more on. Kay, um, so we went through this. You know, we talked about all the education, the background. When you first started, um, it took you about how long? Because you didn't meet um, the one that helped you adopt. Until later, yeah. Um, and, and tell us a little bit about um, you know you went to parenting classes and, and you worked and you sent out four thousand dear birth mom letters and you knew that they, that would reach a birth mom. Share with us a little bit about that.
2: Well, before I did, before I met the counselor that really helped us, we had three. Are two experiences that were just really excruciating. One woman had reached us. I had, I had already put out flyers on my own, I mean, not, without any guidance, you know, like a, a black-and-white flyer. I hadn't really... It wasn't as um, well-organized as my dear birth mother letter that came later. And this flyer that I put out in 92, a woman found us through that. I have no idea how. And she wanted to be a surrogate mother for us. And that woman, we spent one year of our life, one year of our life, be, spending money getting tested by, an, you know, to be a, to have a surrogate mother. I mean, it was so dramatic. And she was, truthfully, Marty, she was just using us. And it was very painful, extremely painful. And so we, we let go of that, and we went on and, and found this counselor. But that it, is, it doesn't happen... You know, just like that. I mean, it can. I have seen those rare, rare, you know, people that, that just connect with the soul that's meant to come to them. Mm-hmm. But in our case, it wasn't that way. No, it, it took a lot of resilience because we had two birth mothers after that. I call the first one a birth mother because it, she was, although it wasn't a, a, for adoption. And the second one... Um, was turned out to be a woman in another state. We traveled back and forth, you know, spending money on, in the, to the state. And she was leading three couples on. Mm. And, and that we didn't, and each couple didn't know about it. And it took a fluke, it was a fluke. We found out, you know, through, because I'm, I'm very communicative and I called and I, Mm-hmm. I, I got a I found out. We we all found out. Well, you can imagine the pain that all mm-hmm. of the these par- all these. Anytime couples. fraud or scam scammer involved. In oh, it. It's so it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So we let go of that one, and then the third one, the ba- they this um, birth mother picked us, and it was when all the floods were in California, and right. we had to drive through all the floods, and I mean it was really traumatic. And she and I was so thrilled, and the baby was due very quickly in about three weeks, and. About two days before the baby was born, she changed her mind because she said I was too old. Mm-hmm.
1: That was
2: very painful, extremely painful. How did you deal with that? I was scared to death mm-hmm. because I thought, oh my gosh, this is never going to happen. I mean, her, because she appeared to like us so much. You know, she liked everything. We there, there were so many um, common elements in between our families i thought i mean that it always feels that way yeah and i was crushed no i was absolutely crushed and i i thought see this is this is this is proof i'm too old that that's how i first felt and then i just took a took a deep breath and my counselor said you, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, let's pick it up and move on. You right. Know. right,
1: and, and that, that's really important because a lot of people, after a reclaim, one or two or three reclaims, and, and you shouldn't have that many, but, you know, yes. you had a long span of time, so it's really no fault. But after you've had a an, an alley in your adoption... Um, you've got to pick yourself up. And I know the same thing happened to us. We had a birth mom turn us down because she felt we we were overweight and she didn't want to uh, have an overweight couple adopt her baby Mm -hmm. and um, felt we were unhealthy, which is not true, but it was very painful. And I think um, you have that situation, and we've had people say, too, yeah, you were too old. We were told we were too old also. At 30 and 40, we were told we were too old. Wow. And so, you know, I don't think people should give up because of one person's opinion. I mean, across the United States, the world, we have so many opinions right now. And I think, yes, you know, I think it's important that we stick through to what we really feel in our heart we want to do and what's right um, and what we can offer this child. It sounds like that's what you and Brian
2: did. Well, I know when you're going through it. And I'm speaking to everyone out there who I, I mean, I remember the feelings, Marty. It is, you want it so much. It's like something that, it could just bring tears to your eyes, you know, every time you have to answer the phone and it's a negative or whatever I mean it's really it is really excruciating but it's a part of life and to me when you when the soul comes when the child and believe they do they always do the, the right well, child comes right to you I have never met anybody who didn't get it yeah, that way yeah
1: And yeah.
2: oh, right. maybe not only a baby a child an older child you know whatever they want mm-hmm. and Whoever's meant to be together. Tell me, how did you? So, so, you sent these brochures out. Yes. Did you find your child that way, or did you? How yes. did you actually find
1: your child? Yes, we
2: did. And this was such an amazing story. Brian had, we, it took eight months after we sent the 4000 mm-hmm. which our counselor said was long. She said, I can't explain it. I don't understand it. Uh, you have everything going for you, but just hang in there. You know, she, oh, those weren't her words, but yes. hang in We did. And, but eight months had gone by, so when you put the eight months to all the years I had been working already, I was really getting tired, Marty. Mm-hmm. I was almost ready to throw in the towel and start mm-hmm. my career again. I really was, you know. I just and Brian had traveled a lot at that time, and he was in, he was on his way from Texas to Japan, and he, came, he said, "Okay, I'm not, i miss you. I'm going to come home for the weekend," and he, because he was he had another month's t- travel planned. So we came in for the weekend, and we had an 800 number
3: uh-huh.
2: that was on the Dear birth mother letter, and it, 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 it rang. It was, you know, he said he had just come home, and we'd gone to the movies, and he said, answer it, answer it. I went, no, I didn't really want to, Marty, because I I missed him so much, and i been, I was tired. I was tired of the of going through this. You know, it it, it, it was three and a half years, uh-huh. and I answered, it and the woman said. Uh, it was a message, and she said, "Kay, I hope you're home. I hope you and Brian are not out of town because a birth mother has chosen you to be uh, a parent, the parent of her child." Well, mm-hmm. you know, you, often you, you meet the birth mother the last trimester. Well, I thought that's what she meant. So of course, I I was so excited. I you never lose that excitement. I don't okay. care how many, <laughs> yeah, I, that's very true. You know, no matter how many, how many times you've been disappointed. I called her and I, I said, "Oh, that's wonderful. When's the baby do? And she went, "Oh, honey, the baby was born four hours ago." And I went, "Oh, gasp, croak, you know." And we had been so well prepared by our counselor. We had our hospital list. We had. We were shaking. I mean, it was it was really something. So we got it all together and, and called the birth mother and, and took about. Five hours, and we got to her, and that was the beginning of how. And she had picked us from our birth mother. Did not know she was pregnant. And uh-huh. Marty, I'm I'm telling you, all the people listening that it is not uncommon for young. She was 15, 14, yes. or 15. Right. It is not uncommon for young people to not know that when they're not.
1: Pregnant. And you know, I want to say also, I've known woman too that. Uh, she had. Uh, she was older. She was in her 40s and didn't know she was pregnant. She thought she was going through the change. Yes. And uh, her mother was very ill. She was bucking hay when she went into labor. Oh.
2: Um
1: And um, her husband took her in and the thought it was appendicitis or something like that. And the, the doctor walked out into the waiting room and said, uh, your wa- wa- wife's in labor. And um, so it was completely shocked. So it doesn't only happen to young girls. It happens later. And... Oh. Uh, yeah. So there's something that does happen. People are always surprised at that. But they're yeah. surprised. Your birth mom did not know that so she went in, no. and and she
2: had seen your resume. Well, uh, your the, yeah, the doctor said to the nurse that delivered the baby because it was so. And she comes from a wonderful family that the mother was shocked. Everybody was shocked because she never showed. You know, she wow. never did it. She gained weight, but she was a very thin girl, and it didn't show. I mean, but she, she gained weight all over. It was yeah. it was spread out. Yeah. So the doctor said, we need some parents here. And so the nurse went to the files, and that's where our letter was. And so that's she brought great. five of five letters to the hospital, and then she
1: picked us.
3: That's
1: great. And she and she didn't, so your age was not a factor for her then? She didn't ask. Mm-hmm. She never asked and never has. Mm-hmm. I don't even think she knows how old I am. Yeah. She doesn't care. Yeah, and you had, you now, and, and in your state, too, then you had your home study done. Oh, yes. And so as far as doing your home study, I've had people ask, now, is that going to be a concern with my home
2: study? Was that, that a your agent it, 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 I don't remember it being any problem at all I mean they I was nervous because I didn't know where the home study was but after the first visit the psychologist was so lovely and it, it's really just a people you know,
1: study. It's really simple.
2: And it it, simple. It, we all get
1: fearful of that because we don't know what they're going to do. And they're really there to help you um, adopt, not to prevent you from adopting. And they're going to just look to make sure that everything's safe and that you're not running an under indoor drug lab and you have indoor plumbing yes. Right. Yes. right. Yes. In yes. Lab. Yes. So uh, it's really silly stuff. They're not going to do the white gloves through the house. And so they want it to look like, you know, your home has been lived in, too. Um, I but, thought our house was too small. The one we lived in at the time was a very small house. It doesn't matter at all. We have people in apartments, too. Again, they're looking for, you know, uh, what you are, what your background is, too. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. and we come back, Kay is going to share more about her older parent adoption experience, open adoption, and a few tips for you considering adoption if you're over 30 or 40.
3: I like just in the The way you make me feel inside and I like the way you love me just can't
4: you like adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions Lifetime adoption has a 24-hour seven day a week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com.
1: Well, welcome back. Today we're speaking with Kay Kopic about her adoption of her daughter, Mariah, when she was 54 years old. And I want to remind you, too, that next week uh, Gregory Keck is joining us for an encore presentation of Parenting the Hurt Child, a very important message um, that I encourage you to listen to. Um, Kay, before we left, we were talking a little bit about, so you've got your child, she's been born, she's at the hospital. Um, what type of adoption had you decided on, open, semi-open? Tell me a little bit about your... Yes, yeah,
2: Ellen, uh, our counselors made a study about open adoption, and I just felt that it was the healthiest way to go. I mean, everything I'd read, I read—we'd mean, I, always heard about those the old, old-fashioned adoptions in yes. other states—and it seems so unhealthy okay. and it was very, no, yes, right. yeah. So we, yes, we wanted an open adoption, but I also knew that once in a while, sometimes you. you you don't have it if, if, if the birth mother makes that choice. So we were waiting to see. And she, yes, she wanted an open adoption. But she were yeah.
1: educated in uh, in both prior to, which I think is really important, is to learn what open, semi-open adoption and even explore closed adoption because only if you explore it will you see there's a huge difference. And for the child's benefit, um, you know, I find that open adoption, and 90% or more of the time, it's really healthy for the child oh. and for the family. And they don't have all those questions that children do. So you did that work ahead of time, though, I, I think, that's so important. Okay, so tell me
2: what happened at that point. Well, we... You know, I started taking pictures right away in the hospital of the birth mother holding the baby and, you know, the, the birth grandmother. And I mean, I, I knew in my head that this was, a, we, we were an instant family.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, that, truthfully, Marty, it scared me when I took the classes mm-hmm. because it was the unknown. And I thought, what? What do you mean you're, you're going to have an instant family? Want this to be my baby? I mean, no, I was worried about that. And I, the counselors would say, oh, "Does it hurt a child to have more love?" You know, but mm-hmm. each situation is completely different. I have really seen that over the years. And in our situation, uh, we have—we do have an open adoption. And now we see the birth mother approximately once a year. And the only reason it would be more, but we don't live close to each other mm-hmm. we talk on the phone and truthfully Marty I talk to the birth grandmother a lot more because remember her our birth mother was very young yes. so she's still a young woman you know yes. and she's on to her life and this is what I, I'll speak from in our situation She, I'm sure she loves Mariah but she never had the bond you know because she really didn't uh, know she was pregnant yes. and she she relinquished her child and she felt, and still to this day tells her mother that it was the best decision she ever made because she's so happy the way we Brian and I are raising her. Um, but I think how do you, it's at least we all know each other. And you, there is something, because of soul picks their parents, I really believe this, it feels like family, even though we don't have a lot of common interests, you know, we... It is instant family because Mariah is our common love. We all love her, but they don't. um, It's not like she doesn't participate in parenting or discipline or where she's. No, nothing because we don't. We really don't see her that much. But yet, Mariah is very aware she has a birth mother. Mm -hmm. She's our daughter's nine now, and she. uh, The last time we were there. They went off together alone, maybe for about half an hour, an hour, and I asked, I said, are you you nervous? I mean, we, she's been seeing her ever since birth, but I don't think children always know what's going on, you know, if they're, she just knew it was part of her family, but she wasn't quite sure. Now she does know. She knows that I, she didn't come from my tummy, she knows I didn't give birth. She knows she has a birth mother, but, but she also knows I'm her mommy. Yeah, I'm her mommy, and that was her birth mother. Mm-hmm. It's more like a kind of like an aunt almost. Or, or, uh, I, I don't. Does know she know that she does? She know that she's her, her birth mother. That her birth mother is. Um, oh yes. Yeah. She does da- does know that, and the last time. That's really important. Oh, definitely knows that, and, and she knows she has three grandmothers because. Um, she has a birth grandmother too. Now sometimes she'll say, "Now, ma- gra- Mommy, which grandma is that I mean, you know, because she, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. My daughter has like five grand uh, grandmothers,
1: and so she's, you know, it, it's it's at times she took time to have to think, "Okay, who's who?" But it's not. I wouldn't say confusing. It's just that you need to sort it out like anything else. Right. Um, and um, it's almost like I hate to say it, but like tying a shoe. You just have to learn it, and then it's it just second nature. And she actually enjoys it now that she's older. So um, it's kind how of how old is your daughter? Uh, my daughter's almost twelve now. And so it's, it makes a big difference. But she is, um, and she has one grandmother she still needs to uh, spend more time with because she wants to. And she still needs to, you know, get to know her. Just like any relationship, people need to learn, uh, we need to be together and get a comfort zone before we want to spend a lot of time with them, especially as a child. Uh, so oh, I think that's more so important.
2: I really believe, Marty, we would spend more time together if they didn't live so far away. Yeah. And, but, and you
1: know, it's like other family members. Though you probably have family members out of state, oh yeah. And still, when you get together, it's like old times. You that's visit close. Right. You, you still can love the uh, distance. And with email, um, with you know, uh, sending instant messages or photographs, there's so much con- connection that can happen. And I find more birth moms are wanting to do instant messaging, uh, that type of thing. And with email, it really makes a difference. You know, I want to ask you a question too. How You've been married how many years now? Eighteen right. years. Eighteen years. That's great. And, and Brian is nineteen years younger than you are. Yes. And what's his life? His involvement in Mariah's life?
2: He is the happiest father. Oh my gosh, Marty. He just adores her. And he's the soccer coach. They have a. a they're both athletic. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting to watch. I'm an artist, and Brian was an athlete. And Mariah has those both of those qualities. Both. And so he—he's very much a participant in her upbringing, and he—he uh, he was when she was little too, as a baby. He—he's very involved with her. He loves her, and he's with Brian. He—he he doesn't even think about adoption. I mean, he to him there's absolutely no difference between. maybe that's because he's a man and men don't give birth. I'm not sure. It's not that I think about it either. To be honest with you, Marty, she's our daughter. I mean, I don't... I
1: don't, I don't, I forget which ones are birthed ones and which children came through through adoption. I mean, you have to really stop and think, and I just think you love your kids, you love your kids, but a lot of it I hear a common, and I really want to share that with everyone, is that reading, educating yourself, listening to the programs like this are really key in having a smoother adoption and, and post adoption experience too, because you've got all that knowledge in your head. And, you know, as, as I heard you say earlier, when you first went into your classes, it was like, oh my gosh, do I really want this?
3: Mm-hmm. You had to
1: evolve into a point that you learned that, you know what, this, what's best for the child? And what can I can and cannot do? And I find that that's the best way for me, and I've always been a real big key opponent, a, a component of, uh, you know, a, a really learning, educating yourself, and going out there and reading books, and speaking to people, and asking questions, asking the right questions to the right people. And even if you get a negative question, that just means that's that one person's opinion so I think it's important, too. You had some people that questioned your ability to take care of this newborn. You've got this newborn now, and you're going home. Mm-hmm. What kind of um, responses did you get from people you knew?
2: Uh, well, my mother-in-law, uh, although she was so excited for us, she, her kids were grown. You know, they were, she had four children, and they were all grown, and she, she wasn't at the place, of course, to do it again. And she's my age. She's actually three years younger than I am. And she went, how are you going to do it? How can you, you know, get up in the middle of the night and do all that? And all I can say, Marty, is that the desire was so great and it was something I wanted so much, I just did it. I did it, and I yes, I was tired, but I young mothers are tired, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just do it. I remember when we were on our way, to, we went to the, a motel, when we first connected with our birth mother, that very first day that we heard about Mariah's birth, I remember being in the motel, we were ready to go back to the hospital, and I took a deep breath, and I said, well, that's the end of my, you know, late morning, sleeping, and <laughs> And it was for many years. Mm -hmm. You know, now she's Mm nine. Our life. You know, it took about five years. Right. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. it was. You just do it. You just do it. And I think. I think. I think too
1: that a lot of times, and I, the the emails I received back from a lot of people emailing me were, um, we only really had one person that was really concerned. Most people were really in positive, saying, you know, this is important because um, now I'm, I'm wiser. I've got things behind me. I've got more financial resources. Um, I'm not so stressed out, especially um, people that are adopting um, after they've already raised a family. Um, they feel like they've got a lot of bugs out. And, um, you know, being young adopting many times has, um, you, you have to work, you've still got struggles, you've got mm-hmm. lessons to learn, and the child kind of goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to a family yesterday and they were saying that, you know, it's, it's really interesting because the younger, when you're, I'm from a large family, and the older children always are the ones that are the testers. By the time you get to the 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th child, you know, the bugs are out of the way, and a lot of times they get away with a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you learn so much, and I think the same thing happens when you're an older parent. You've gone through things in life, and you know what's important, and you pick your battles, and you decide what is really the value in life, and I think it comes down to our kids. I mean, that's for me, that's the key is my family, my children uh, are really important to me. That's my right. Head, you know. that is, that's what happened to me. How has being an older parent then changed your life?
2: Well, it's keeping me younger and more aware and more alert and, you know, I'm laughing more. I mean, in a way, I mean, my girlfriends call themselves old women. I mean, truthfully, they'll say, I'm just an old lady. Old lady? I'm 63. I am not old. I mean, it's it's keeping me uh, just... I think i will be useful till I die, mm-hmm. and I plan on a long life and I do want to share that one thing one I talked to one older mother, a one older adoptive mother, just like I am, and she said the only thing that made her sad or worried was that she wouldn't be around to see her daughter have grandkids and children and all that and I went, my my father died when I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. we can't. Predict whatever what's going to happen in our life. You yeah, know that's very true. So I'm giving her everything I can at this moment, and I do feel in my heart that I'm going to live to be a very old woman. Mm-hmm. I just believe it, and a very happy one because I'm I'm doing things now that you know because of my background, because I was in such a sick relationship, and I was a very sick person. I, I spent years recovering and getting well, mm-hmm. and now I'm so healthy, and I have this. I feel like I'm twenty years behind, so mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a fabulous place to be. I mean I if I had been younger to be honest with you, I would have done it many I would have adopted a lot more kids. Yeah. I mean and I
3: think a lot
1: of people say that too. They they actually have said, you know, they would adopt more because it, there is something uh, wonderful about having a house full of children. Oh yeah. We're gonna take a quick break here, we come back, we have a last question for Kay. Don't touch that mouth, we'll be right back after this quick break.
3: I like The way you make me feel inside and I like The way you love me just can't hide
4: Lifetime Adoption facilitates domestic adoptions of infants and older children nationwide. They have customized plans to fit any need and handle open as well as semi-open adoptions. Lifetime Adoption has a 24-hour, 7-day-a-week birth mother contact line. All of their services are private and confidential, and financing is available. Visit their website at www.lifetimeadoption.com and see their over 80 online adoption family profiles. You can also visit the Birth Parents Seeking Families page. That's www.lifetimeadoption.com.
1: Well, welcome back to our show. And, Kay, before you leave, um, do you have any additional advice for older, hopeful, adoptive parents?
2: Have faith and just do not give up. Just know, visualize planet, you know, get your house ready, get the nursery ready, or whatever, wherever you're going to put the baby, I mean, see yourself holding this child, and it will happen, I, I just, it will yeah, I think, I think a
1: lot of it has to do between our ears, and having the faith is really important, too. Okay, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing this personal side of your family. Uh, we really appreciate it, and give Mariah a big kiss for us, and uh, thank you so much for your... Oh, you're welcome. I enjoy every minute Okay, hours. we'll speak to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye now. Bye. And our program and guest information are listed on our site at Let's Talk Adoption. Our shows are archived for about uh, two weeks to a month, and then afterward they're available on CD or downloadable. If you're interested in a program that you do not see, please email us about it. That's really important. You can sign up also for our free newsletter on our Let's Talk Adoption um, reminder email. So thank you for joining us during this last hour. I hope you found the show to be informative and helpful. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell of Let's Talk Adoption. God bless you. Have a great week. I'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for your purchase of this Let's Talk Adoption radio program. A portion of your donation has helped fund adoption programs and scholarships for birth mothers, special needs adoptions, and adoptive parents. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. For a transcript of this audio product or for a complete list of audio products, please visit letstalkadoption.com or call toll-free 1-877-423-6785.